You're listening to a Mint podcast brought to you by HD Smartcast. Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of Why Not Mint Money, Mint's flagship personal finance podcast. This is Akshay Throdgi from Mint's personal finance team, your host, and today we're going to answer the bigger question: that should mutual funds be diving into startup IPOs? Sure, it's a small fraction of their total assets under management, but some funds are definitely holding quite a huge chunk of these stocks. So join me as we analyze the strategies, the rationale, and is it prudent to invest in these IPOs for mutual funds? Welcome to Why Not Mint Money, a personal finance podcast where we help you understand basic money concepts and share strategies for you to build your wealth. So let's get started with your money journey. Social media has been abuzz ever since consumer brand Mama Earth, a startup founded in 2016, came out with its plan for an IPO. The debates are centered around the fundamentals of startup businesses and much more. More importantly, netizens noted with alarm that the participation of seven popular mutual funds in the anchor book of Manasa Consumer Limited, the parent company Mama Earth, with total commitments of around 254 crores. Painful memories of the over-enthusiastic participation of mutual funds in the IPOs of new age internet companies such as Paytm, Zomato, Cartrade, and PB FinTech continue to haunt retail investors and Dalal Street. There were concerns about the high valuations of these companies, and the stocks plunged on the listing day. Mama Earth, though, made a lackluster debut on BSC with a modest premium of around two percent to the issue price, two rupees. To 324. Investors have now begun to question the wisdom of mutual fund investments in startup IPOs. To be sure, the exposure of these funds is well below one percent of the total assets under management. However, some funds have very concentrated positions in these stocks as well. Now, how can fund houses participate in these IPOs? So, fund houses can either participate in the anchor book as anchor investors. or they could participate in the general quota for qibs called qualified institutional buyers or they can also buy after these startup ipos get listed on the stock exchanges as per norms 5% of the shares need to be allocated to mutual funds in the qib quota just uh, for your information Com- companies have the option to sell up to 60% of the qib book to anchor investors one third of which has to be reserved for mutual funds subject to demand In India, any anchor investment, including by mutual funds, is subjected to a 30-day lock-in period for 50% of the investments, and a 90-day lock-in for the balance 50%. So, how do how do mutual funds play this this IPO game? The mutual funds have been strategically engaging in this IPO game. One common route is to allocate a small portion of their AUM, such as a management, in their flagship funds, the small cap, the large cap funds, to such offerings. Alternatively, they may take a more substantial take in the in these IPOs through smaller thematic schemes, for example, consumption funds or technology funds, to manage risk and capitalize on opportunities. Mutual funds often exit their positions after the lock-in period ends, especially if the stock value declines. However, if the conviction on a particular IPO remains strong, they may choose to average down the stock position during the drawdown of the stock. Additionally, if the right opportunity presents itself, 
they may re-enter the stock in a bid to navigate the dynamic IPO landscape effectively and make returns for the investors. Now let's look at some data like what kind of alpha do these IPOs generate and since the mutual funds have such a small allocation to these IPOs does that affect the total returns of the mutual fund schemes. So the performance of IPOs on their listing day has been varied this year. So data from Bloomberg shows that 16% of the companies that listed on the bourses experienced negative returns. 27% had returns of up to 15% and a substantial 57% overperformed leading to returns exceeding 15%. Listing gains constitute a significant portion of the returns generated from an IPO. These gains reflect the difference between the issue price and the stock's opening price when it starts trading on the exchanges. Well, financial experts say that successes in the IPO market is not just about seizing short-term gains. It's about identifying companies with the potential to become future multi-baggers. Since 2016, the IPO market has been has seen significant shifts in company sizes. So let's look at some data. Seven small cap companies, when they listed, successfully grew to become large cap companies, while 36 others advanced to mid cap status. Additionally, eight mid cap companies expanded into large size large cap companies. However, there are some uh, outliers as well. Three mid-size or mid-cap companies face downsizing and in a notable change, one large-cap company transitioned into mid-cap into a mid-cap company. And we have some more data to look into. So the data from so this data from Edelweiss reinforces the idea that the right selection, impeccable timing, and prudent position sizing are all equally critical components in capturing the full spectrum of alpha presented by the ever-evolving IPO market. Now, let's look at some metrics that these mutual funds look at while doing due diligence for these IPOs. So, number one is obviously the valuation of these companies. They value these companies before becoming anchor investors. However, valuing these companies and arriving valuations for these companies are a bit difficult because they don't use the traditional metrics like uh, supposedly PE since they do not earn profits. So mutual funds look at new age metrics like EV by EBITDA and they secondly they also evaluate the size of the IPO and the post issue float and although MFs have been generally wary of these IPOs that are very large for example Paytm and or which have more than more proportion uh, of their IPO reserved as OFS and, and lastly obviously mutual funds look at the credible business models with market momentum for those companies, the underlying companies, before becoming an anchor investor. So there's an interesting uh, mutual fund which retail investors can look for if they want to invest in these IPOs. Since the retail portion of these IPOs are fairly oversubscribed and retail investors do not get subscription to these IPOs. So people who want to invest in these IPOs and earn additional returns and those who not do not get subscription or lot when the retail segments can check out the Edelweiss recently listed IPO fund. The fund's investment strategy focusing on focuses on capturing gains from the listing and the post listing of the most recent hundred IPOs in the Indian market, particularly in the new age sectors with an emphasis on small and mid cap companies poised for growth. 
the fund has consistently outperformed the nifty 50 tri total return index over various time frames in the last year it returned and uh, uh, till 30th october it returned uh, it returned around 17% compared to nifty 16% over 3 years the fund generated a return of 24.1% uh, which is slightly more than nifty's 21.9% and over the 5 years it achieved a return of 19.2% all returns are cagr while nifty returned a modest 13.8% and since its inception in 2018 the fund has yielded a cagr of 14.14% so what's the investment rationale so mutual funds have seen both hits and misses in terms of their investments in new age internet companies right from their ipo days Some funds, some funds have been very after booking losses that extended upwards of sixty to seventy percent on their investments, but other others have maintained their conviction and doubled on the stocks and their portfolio during their huge drawdown periods. While one can question the rationale behind investing in these startups, the damage caused by these positions is negligible at an overall AUM level for most of these funds. Such exposure may simply be a strategy of fund houses to deploy fresh money in new age sectors more as a learning curve than very serious wealth creation. These exposures seldom have any negative impact if the if the stock falls post IPO since the exposure is very low and can marginally help the performance if they turn out to be multi-baggers. So an investor should never evaluate mutual funds based on such exposure. Anger investing should not be taken as a cue for investors either to invest in such stocks or in the fund or otherwise. And that's a wrap for today's episode of Why Not Mint Money. Remember, investing always comes with its ups and downs, and it's crucial to make informed decisions based on your financial goals. If you have any questions or topics you'd like us to cover in the future episodes, feel free to reach out to me on Twitter or X and LinkedIn. Until next time stay financially informed and ask yourself why not mint money To stay updated on this podcast follow us at HD Smartcast on all the major social media platforms To listen to more such podcasts log on to www.hdsmartcast.com